Good day, good afternoon, good late morning to all my friends out there. It is February 11th, 2021, just a few more days until Valentine's Day. Have you purchased something special for the person you love? Have you let that special somebody know you love them, you love them in ways that are deep and dark and special, cuddly ways, soft ways, slick ways, greasy ways, every ways on Fridays? Every way on Friday. Starring Ron Jeremy. Pamela Greer. Coming out next year. Yeah, do you have something special planned for that special somebody involving candy and chocolate and other kinds of things? I won't spend too much time on that because this is not technically the Little Saigon Report. This is an affiliated program brought to you by, by, brought to you by public type TV that cares about kids and shit. It's very educational. It's the eighth installment of Charles Manson's Lost Prison Lectures, lectures that were given between 1997 and the year 1999 while Charles Manson was incarcerated in the system. Many people came to him for the deepest, darkest wisdoms. They wanted to understand Helter Skelter, Krelter Melter. They wanted to understand Taco Tuesday. to know the secrets of Taco Tuesday. Because of the pioneering work in the interpretive symbolic linguistics of old people who die of terrible diseases, and before I go too much further there, I'd like to just point something out. Before every lecture, we have to recap the origins, the origins and the experts and the people involved. Why? Why? Because lest you forget about the brave people who brought these ancient, well, not so ancient, but these pertinent, perhaps very pertinent thoughts to us. But that's only one reason. It also gives me an opportunity through the improvisational storytelling technique to, you know, tell the story a little differently every time.
In 2019, Dr. Ruth Hooverington of the Philadelphia Institute for Intertransdimensional Quasi-Sexual and Deeply Spiritual Studies. She had received a package from an old friend that worked in Rhode Island, Providence. Her old friend had been walking home one night and had had, had an, a heart attack while climbing a hill. She was chased by demons and tentacles and dimensions from other universes that mock us. And one of those beasts, those monsters from the unknown, and it was a color, a color out of space. One of those monster demon spirit things, one of the old ones, the Migo, the Zendrofac, handed her a package. They handed her a package, a package containing pieces of toilet paper and newspaper, pieces of grombo, pieces of cardboard, pieces of particle board and other things, maybe even human skin. And these contain portions of the lost prison lectures of Charles Manson. And with the help of Ken Hayes, Dr. Ruth Hooverington, if you want to know the spelling, check out the fucking notes. Dr. Ruth Hooverington had the help of Ken Hayes of the Pacific Institute for Studies of Things Involving Explosives and Chemistry and Blood. And he used his various wizardry technologies, science and sorcery and super science, and he meditated on the stones and the rocks before him. He thought about diamonds and crystals and crystal palaces. And he went through this box of, of well, yeah, ephemera, toilet paper, wadded up grunkus covered in whatever mucus thing, whatever it was. And he deciphered and pulled out of this lecture number eight. Lecture number eight of the Charles Manson lectures, prison lectures given between 1997 and 1999. This particular lecture titled Cooking Out with Friends was given on December the 22nd, 1997. You should meditate on the time and the place. The internet was still kind of new. The Spice Girls were too. It was a special time in the world.
Lecture number eight, cooking out with friends. Squeaky has a hangover. Squeaky has a hangover. We've been at Spawn Ranch for about six months. Maybe a year. Squeaky had been hanging out down by the Cambio where Thrunkets had been burning bodies to scare away the rat toads. I can't find no help down there, she screamed to anyone that walked by. They kicked her out to find her own paste. And she ended up wasted on white lightning and then came my way for renewal. Why don't you take, why don't you make, take your love meat to me no more, Charlie? Charlie, why don't you take your love meat? Why don't you take your love meat to me no more, Charlie? Squeaky moaned, wearing her torn-up sundress and covered in eight days of filth. You get cleaned up. Fuck you, Charlie. You get cleaned up, Squeaky, and I'll take my pipe and blow you a tune. She stuck her tongue out at me. threw a rock at my head and ran off behind the photo where there were th where where there were fake cows eating fake grass several days later after Tex and I had got done burying those hookers you remember the hookers we decided to buy a jeep and drive it to the middle of the country we had no other reason but to look gaunt and desperate, wearing jean jackets and fucking cowboy hats, and we bought ourselves a fucking Jeep, and we drove to the middle of the country. And all we found there was this creepy old dude with a notebook and a bunch of hookers. And you know what happened next, probably. So several days later, after Tex and I had got done burying those hookers... We went, we went to check up on Squeaky again. Hun? Yeah, Charlie. Hun, you coming back to supper with the family? Nah, I'm drinking piss, piss whiskey, Chuck. After several attempts, I told Squeaky I was going to have a barbecue, a cookout, in honor of her. I was going to have a cookout in honor of her and her womanhood and her life and her flesh and her soul vibrations and her lovely personality. We drink and eat in the honor of Squeaky.
we would drink and we would dance and we would party in honor of Squeaky. Squeaky smiled and said, What you gonna cook? What to cook? Tex and I had been out for days. Tex and I had been out for days chasing tail, hunting hringus meat and darlings down by Broken Arrow Ranch in Redding. We met up with some old friends, buddies of ours from prison days, and we had a great feat. We set up this huge bonfire, and we got angry and drunk and crazy and sang songs of hunting meat in the night and chasing it down. When Squeaky had asked about the menu, my thoughts were unclear. You have more hringus meat left, don't you, Charlie? More that hringus? Nah, Tex, we gave half of it to the Hell's Angels. And the other chunk to the Scrumbix, who are worshipping Baal down by the water. You know, the ones that worship on Tuesday, the ones on Wednesday worship Dagon. But Tex did point out that the Scrumbix had a loyal proselyte named Vrunda. And he worked in power magic and Texas-style cookouts. You can't always tell with the Scrumbix. They conceived of an eight-eyed demigod named Argos, and his penis was 800 feet long, and he inseminated the whole universe when it was created, what they call the Big Bukaki. So I called up the scrumbic master, Shaman Douglas, and he said Vrinda was catering a satanic wedding, but he could be available by 8 p.m. and he would bring the meat. So that was great. We had the universe working for us, working with us, part of us. You have to open your spirit windows to allow the great cosmic energy to penetrate your mind, Gina. Women have a vagina, but all beings have a mind-gina. And we need to pop that cherry.
Brenda showed up at 9 p.m. And Squeaky had already been drinking the Sterno by then. She'd made Sterno jelly shots and mixed in old cocoa and lamb's blood and drisket pudding and other things she found growing by the abandoned caves. You ready? Brenda asked. Most of our cadre was passed out around the fire pit. Round one of Cocoa Shrooms was complete. Cocoa Shrooms were a mixture of psychedelic mushrooms and cocaine. You then add raw chocolate and mix with warm milk and vodka. We usually did 50 to 20 shots of Cocoa Shrooms a night. all drunk? cried Brenda. We thought he was going to have a seizure. You guys drunk as fuck. At that point, I woke from a dream. In my dream, I had been flying in the land of Takas, being chased by gornet birds and whisperhawks. I was dressed in a golden cape and a silver codpiece and fist glowing red hot titanium. Fists of glowing red hot titanium. I was seeking my queen, my love goop, my holy guacamole. I was chasing after that fever that kills the old and banishes the young. I was caught in the eternal lie. I brought you something special. Brenda smiled and poked me with a stick. What you got, skunkus snake? You got skunkus snake, Brenda? Nah. I brought Yeeler dogs. At that moment, our whole party awoke. They had Yeeler dogs a while back while hanging out with the Beach Boys and writing musics. Yeeler dogs were made of old age cheese and wild boar from Germany and Danish ham scraps and other stuff, scary stuff. We're not supposed to talk about it. Yeeler dogs. It was a squeaky party. What do you do if you run out of the Yeeler dogs? The party had been going on for about five hours. It was 1 or 2 a.m. We don't track time, 
within the family. We have a spiritual connection. Time is just a structure used by monsters to control your fecal process. So we don't connect with time in the family. We feel the heartbeat of the universe. So maybe it was five hours. Maybe it was one or two a.m. Maybe it was 1 or 2 a.m. And Squeaky was leading the group in weird songs about sand vibrations and the general crab she got and never got rid of in San Diego. Verunda looked at me and shook his head. We're out of dogs. No more dogs. No more dogs. So I had to give the after-dinner speech. Children, listen up, I said. The challenges of our age exist in the protein sauce reunion of the woman beast with the man-child. We can't just bounce around without a sense of cookie charm. We can't just eat the weeds and grind the sand to make tamales. Our destiny is to find magic in the puddles. We can spend all night eating yeeler meat, or we can dance and frolic and fight and hunt and bleed and breed. The whole speech lasted about an hour. By then, the clan was restless. We needed some after-dinner fun. Squeaky was twitching in the fetal position. Her hands were covered in blood. You see, we decided to run down to Cliff's place, not far from Laurel Canyon. We decided to run down to Cliff's place and have ourselves a little bit of fun. Cliff had whale paste. This stuff, the Japanese whales... Yeah, the Japanese whalers would suck this shit out of the adrenal glands of sperm whales. This was the strongest and purest adrenochrome you could possibly get your hands on. Not human, sperm whale. That's why they called it whale paste. C9H9NO3. C9 means nine angels there for Charlie. H9 means nine hounds chasing Charlie down to the pits of hell. No three times, three times I am told no by Queen Yorona. Cliff wasn't awake. Cliff was passed out watching Dragnet. Squeaky yelled at his house for 30 minutes, then she picked up a rock and busted out the plate glass window in front. This startled Cliff. What the fuck is going on out there? Squeaky enraged and disassociated. 
Picked up one of the jagged decorative rocks from Cliff's front yard and then beat him quite senseless. He, she beat Cliff to death with a decorative rock and then she was covered in blood. She ran into the house and stole all the whale paste from Cliff's fridge and we went back to Spawn Ranch. Closing out the party, man. Closing out the cookout. Cooking out for friends like Squeaky is never easy. We took the whale paste back, we drank, and we cheered the new morning. We ate sunrise tacos and made love and covered our bodies in whale paste and smoked pot and did some cocaine and took a nap. After all this, there was love. There was love, man. This concludes the eighth lecture in the series of lost prison lectures of Charles Manson that were given by Charles Manson while under incarceration between 1997 and 1999, roughly the same time span of the existence of, yeah, Spice Girls. This project is underfunded at the moment. We barely have enough money to find ourselves shamans and witch doctors and all kinds of fucking creeps who come out of the woodwork to give us new lectures. In order to fund this project, we need your donations. And conveniently, there are donations to either Venmo or PayPal in the notes of this podcast or in the email if you got the email. And if you want to get on my mailing list, just email me at imsully.com. So far, you know, so far so good. Beyond that, if you don't have money, that's cool too. These are technically free podcasts, but if you do have a little extra and you can donate and you've taken care of your food, your water, your shelter, and the people you love, and you still have something left over, God bless. And if you feel like you got anything out of this, donate what you can. Not what you what you can't. And have a great, great, great rest of your day. <laughs>